Hey everybody, here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. What's going on, Packers fans? Welcome into another edition of the Pack a Day podcast, your 365 day out of the year Green Bay Packers podcast, dedicated to all, you know, I'd say dedicated fans, casual fans, fans that are just trying to use Pack a Day to be smarter than their friends, family, colleagues, or on the water cooler, or on the picnic table, whatever you're doing for the 4th of July weekend. Maybe you can drop a couple tidbits from them this way. Unfortunately, Janelle, um, for people listening, trying to gather, you know, any of the new gossip. During the later June part, I guess is July 1st, as actually when this is coming out, for July 1st, uh, not a lot out there on Packers um, Twitter, Packers anything. So uh, if you want to get more insight than you were expecting, maybe, than this episode, go listen to Andy's uh, podcast, excuse me, his video podcast, if you will, videos um, on YouTube at Pack-A-Day Podcast, uh, because today to penetrate your ear holes, to tickle your eardrums. And Janelle and I are going to kind of give you a little bit of a different scenario. So, Janelle, obviously, I know you're more of a hockey fan. NHL playoffs just concluded. Las Vegas Golden Knights finally won. NFL, excuse me, NHL draft was on Wednesday. Uh, Next week, I think it's the 10th or the following weekend from when this is coming out, we got the MLB All-Star break. So some of you might be into that, some of you might not. But if you're a casual you obviously know right now Shohei Otani is that guy. And there were some comparisons even made to him in the College World Series of a couple guys that played for, I want to say it was LSU, talking about how they're, oh, they're they're the next Shohei Otani. They can play, you know, they can pitch, they can hit. But Shohei is just such a unique entity. And, like, I don't normally bring up baseball ever on this program other than the fact that I coach a little bit baseball. But um, I think it's important to just recognize how impactful someone like that can be and how dynamic a player that can play on either side of the ball is if it's in football if it's in baseball you know where you don't have to be somewhere like a uh, I guess a basketball player where you're playing you have to play some defense you have to be able to score a little bit although there are those one-offs that are just highly skilled in one particular item so Janelle and I are going to come up with one player for each of us on either side of defense or offense that we'd like to see flip on the opposite side of the ball now that can be based out of their skill set 
maybe they previously had played a position, college, high school, middle school, elementary, some intramural maybe. Uh, maybe it's at the point where, you know what, this position group needs this player to get in there. Maybe we just don't think that position that they're at right now is going to be conducive to their long-term growth uh, if that is a filled-up room, right? It's just too many people there. So um, before we get started, Janelle, I think there's, you know, we look at the NFL and where it is right now, and you look at last year, I kind of reference or am referencing in my head just the fact that the NFL has now switched the quarterback role, right? You can have three active quarterbacks on the roster because last year we know that the San Francisco 49ers are basically just snake bitten by the fact Brock Purdy gets hurt. They had to use mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey, didn't have another versatile player. The Packers in the past have, you know, generally had a pretty easy time keeping two quarterbacks, but they've had dynamic players. And I like to reference one of my favorite all time Packers is Spencer Havner, formerly also known as Duct Tape. Go look at some of his statistics in a vacuum of that small sample size. Man, you thought Spencer Havner would have been a Pro Bowl or an All-Dynasty team, but played on either side of the ball, played linebacker, played some tight end, um, and had, I think, like five or six touchdowns from uh, Brett Favre at the time. So that is far the guy who you were going to make fun of me for, for not knowing the name. (laughs) See, I was going to be nice, and you outed yourself. You outed yourself. I was going to say that a particular person of this podcast group didn't know who Spencer Havener was. Eli is not joining us today. Could have been Eli. You're an honest journalist and you decided to out yourself. You didn't know who he was. That's I okay. Um, I'm imagining 30% of the people listening to this would know who Spencer Havener are. So comment, uh, you know, send us a DM if you know who Spencer Havener was. But I mean, like being called the duct tape, I mean, that's a pretty legit duct tape. Because I, mean, and I don't you know for you and I who coach and we know how important those utility players are and guys who can just kind of plug in anywhere to fill the void. I mean, those players are very important. So it's kind of cool that I get to come on here and I learn something new as well. Absolutely. And I think I don't know if he was ever called duct tape when he played them in two thousands. I do know that. Is uh, that just a term that you like to use? Local radio personality, Marcus okay. Eversall, 107.5 The Fan. Uh, he was the one, I think, that coined it on air at one point when I used to listen to terrestrial radio back in the day. And whether or not that is his real nickname, it's it, it fits because we're looking for duct tape players right now on this current roster, Janelle. And I'll get started here right off the bat. I want to say that I think it's important, and I don't know who you selected. I do know who you selected, but I think it's important to pick someone that is a little bit has a little bit, um, you know, not too long in the tooth, a little bit younger. Because as we know, Janelle, where you and I are getting older, it is tough to teach <laughs> old dogs new tricks. You want a young dog. You want a dog that's got some, you know, some chance to learn, chance to grow, mm-hmm. chance to take advantage of an opportunity. And what better way to take advantage of an opportunity than a player that is a rookie? player that is dynamic player that can probably can contribute is a football guy now he is drafted in a position group the tight end group that is a little bit stacked now some would say tyler davis josiah deguara the the lack of mercedes lewis looks like there's an opportunity there for him to grow um but unfortunately he was selected second at that position group this year luke musgraves goes in front of him tucker craft gets selected after and the thing with Tucker Craft is I think he could be a contributing football player for the Green Bay Packers this year. I just don't know how much – I don't know how much he's going to get of opportunities, right? right. Musgrave goes pick round two – round – excuse me, pick 42 round two. He's been getting a lot of hype on the, the fantasy sort of situations. I just don't know where Tucker Craft fits in. So let's just say we're going to move Tucker Craft 
to the defensive side of the ball. I think he can cut it in high school in South Dakota, the grittiness of that South Dakota. He played running back, middle linebacker, punter. There could be an argument for him to make the punt be a punter because the Packers, as Andy's talked about on Packaday uh, YouTube series, that Pat O'Donnell seems like there should be someone you know, behind him because you have, you're basically paying an older guy, but I digress. We won't go into that middle linebacker. I feel like we're pretty comfortable at middle linebacker. The big circle that I'm still, you know, wish I could put Tucker craft at safety. That would be just an absolute pipe dream. That is a Madden scenario. Have a six, five safety back there. I think it would be scary. He probably would get burned quite a bit, but I want to put him on outside linebacker. Now, the Packers did draft some outside backers, DN guys this year, but I think it would be nice to see a gentleman that's 6'5", 260, probably can bulk up a little bit more to 270, 275 once the season starts. And it'd be nice to see a guy that can get off the edge, 4'6", 340, uh, pretty quick feet when it comes to the three cones, seven, just over seven uh, seconds. You know, I think there's some maybe a little bit more explosiveness that you'd want around the edge, but overall... Uh, 23 bench press coming out of the combine too. So that's a guy I'm going to slot in there just because the fact that I don't know if he'll get more opportunities where he's currently at. I think some of these veterans have been on the roster at the tight end group. We might get some reps and Musgraves in front of them. Um, and as we've gotten to this episode, I'm basically eight minutes in and haven't had you say a word other than the fact that you know who Spencer Havener is. So what are your thoughts between Tucker Craft going from South Dakota, tight end, dynamic guy, to outside backers Does that makes sense to you or you do you feel absolutely bamboozled that i would move a guy like that that has some you know potential at tight end i think that it makes sense to me just given the way that i my defensive player the way i moved him so i made a very similar move position wise so okay. it makes sense in my head just kind of you know body size but also wanting someone who's versatile and speed and all that kind of stuff and can kind of push guys around so i think that it for me because I like I said I made a very similar comparison when moving guys around I think that you took kind of two mirroring position groups on offense and defense and that seems like it's something that it could be like a realistic transition for someone so I know like usually we have you know sometimes we get a little out there with things and Eli is usually our one who just bamboozles us with the most random pick like having Elton Jenkin go punt or something but uh no I think this I think we're gonna have kind of a more realistic episode today um so that one is one that does make sense and like you said here's somebody new who he's young enough to be able to learn um could pick up on the craft maybe it could be a good way to take more snaps than what he could be seeing so I mean obviously we're not out here saying they should make these moves but if we for the sake of the game we're playing, that one would be a realistic move to make. And we'll call this in a pinch scenario. In a pinch. In a Christian pinch. McCaffrey. Like Christian that. McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey played quarterback last year. Can he do that? Sure. Does it make sense? Not really, because he can't throw Only the damn ball. He can run wild. <laughs> he can run wildcat. But in a pinch, we have Rayshon Gary that's still hurt. Preston Smith is getting old. Uh Luke Van S that he just signed his contract. He's has an issue. And let's just say there's probably two other guys that get banged up and on special teams in a pinch Tucker craft fine tunes his craft as you said and can play offensive line or excuse me outside linebacker Janelle who is your next player to sw- swap from either side of the ball you pick hey everybody here on the Packaday podcast we're all about look good play good and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor Oakley 
Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I think just because of what you just said with Tucker Craft, I'm going to go opposite and I'm going to move somebody into his position at tight end. So I actually took Quay Walker moving from the linebacker position to a tight end position. Um, A lot of this had to do with kind of what I just said, where to me they're kind of mirroring um, positions, offense and defense, when you look at, you know, body size and everything like that. And Quay Walker, he – he has really good speed. You know, he's a little bit smaller for being a linebacker. Um, he hasn't put on a ton of weight, but he's still strong enough. So it's like he he's 6'4", 240-ish. And I, I looked up, you know, the average tight end is about 6'4", um, and then around 250-ish. So he'd probably have to put on a little bit of weight. But I think just given his speed and everything, his speed, like his 40 time was under the average for a tight end. He was... 4.52 and it looked like the average was 4.7. So um, just like body size and just the ability to, I was also kind of thinking um, obviously like in the absence now that we don't have big dog and Tunyon and we've kind of lost some of those um, tight ends and, you know, we still have some more veteran tight ends, but not guys who have taken a lot of snaps at tight end, like Deguara you mentioned and Davis and just a couple guys who, um, here and there were taking snaps, but haven't been consistent players. I think it it was a position group that I felt, hey, like here's somebody who could potentially slide into that. And I just really like the way that Quay Walker plays. He's very aggressive. Um, 
he's young enough where it would make sense to be able to make that move, have him learn. Um, the only thing that I kind of started to question a little bit is that I don't know what kind of hands he has, mm-hmm. um, you know, going from defense to offense, obviously you need to be able to be a pass catcher in that role. And I didn't see if he had, I couldn't find if he had any interceptions in college. I didn't see any in the NFL. So that's kind of the the biggest question mark for me. And obviously being able to run a route because linebacker, you're not typically shadowing. And if you are, it's pretty short gain. Um, you know, I know Packers like to get a little bit wild with their defensive schemes. So you just never know. But I think, especially when I'm thinking about kind of the role that Lewis took on for us, where he was sometimes that sixth lineman, I think that Quay could be somebody good who like being a linebacker, being strong in his arms and legs could also slide into that role as well. So for me, it just kind of made sense to take a linebacker and move them to tight end the same way that you kind of moved a tight end to linebacker. So you and I were thinking very similarly I just filled the void that you created by moving craft. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think I love the fact that Quay Walker is funny because I mentioned Tucker craft speed, uh, you know, four, six, three, I think I said almost a second faster from the 40 yard dash for Quay Walker. He had seven pass deflections last year as a green Bay Packer. However, like you mentioned, there were no yeah. last year. There were no more picks at Georgia, but raw athleticism, I think can get it done. I would say the only caveat is that, you know, he's 6'4", 240. Packers are probably lacking an inline um, tight end, like you mentioned, with Mercedes Lewis. But maybe that's not the way they're going anymore. Yeah, he, he would have to definitely put on, put on some weight. Um, I have the similar issue with the next player that I picked to put in a role. He would okay. have to put on a little bit of weight. But I think that, you know, Quay Walker's young enough where if he, he gets the nutrition that he needs to that's something that's doable or, you know, show that size doesn't always matter and you can be the smaller guy pushing big guys around. You never know. <laughs> you never know. So I'm going to, obviously now we, we kind of just flip flopped here. So this makes the continuity, if you will, the, the, the position groups a little bit more in sync. Um, there's nothing real as a challenge there. So we'll get a little bit further into this. Now, my player, you know, both of our players are very, very young. You picked a, what is he, 23-year-old player. Mine is a rookie mm-hmm. being craft. I'm going a little bit older than I would like, but I'm going this off the fact that I feel like this is a position group that the Packers need someone to step up at the receiving core. We know what Christian Watson is going to bring. We think Romeo Dobbs can take a, a step in year two. The buzz that has been Samari Toure this offseason, I'm kind of just putting in the back of my mind because – I'm getting prepared for fantasy football season and I've seen article upon article of like, Hey, this guy looked good in OTAs. Here's a player to watch for. And I feel like Samari Turia has been at the top of that list for every Packers, um, you know, article blog tweet that's been out there and every national thing that I've seen as far as a list, you know, break down 32 players. He's always at the top mm-hmm. and I'm not so sure how much I put a lot of weight into Toure. I digress off that. They have a couple of rookies. Obviously, they have to come in and contribute in some capacity at the receiving core. What you're going to get from them, I'm not sure. I say that ultimately because the Packers are going to need another receiver. Who the hell can step up from the defensive side of the ball to play receiver? Well, you can pretty much knock out, I don't know, the front seven that they're just not going to be a receiver. It's not going to happen. There's no point. They would play tight end or more than likely offensive line. So you go to the secondary group. Can we afford to even take a guy out of the safety position right now? I'm not so sure. It's pretty deep. There might be a player or two that could fit in. 
Um, I think maybe someone like Jonathan Owens would be an interesting person because he hasn't done, I mean, he's been a special teams contributor when he was on the Texans, hasn't done a ton, but you look at his body type and just what he looks like, you know, he's an absolute freak of nature. He could probably contribute there, but I want someone that's, we have seen some proven dynamicness in a pinch can give rejuvenation, if you will, to a part of the team. And that comes with the the veteran and the guy that's kind of been the glue, if you will, to the secondary, but definitely the special teams unit, Keyshawn Nixon. Now, someone might say, hey, Eric Stokes is banged up. We're going to need Keyshawn Nixon to contribute. Rasul Douglas is there. We need him. You know, we need another guy. But Nixon is a dynamic player that I think can fit in. He played a ton of different positions when he was in high school, quarterback, running back. And I think there's one other one. Nixon is your duct tape. Nixon is my duct tape. I wouldn't necessarily call him duct tape. Maybe I don't know another, you know, a, a super glue, if you will, so, you know, paper clip. He, you know, he definitely fused together that special teams unit last year. Yeah. And then when it was called upon on the, the defense, did the same thing, contributed. I just think how dynamic he is. The Packers, I don't, I think they're moving in that direction of having more of these, um, these jet sweep guys and actually finding, you know, guys that can play the bubble screen a little bit more, some smaller guys. They don't have these massive six, four, six, five guys as much anymore. Although they're still a little bit bulkier because they do work with Matt LaFleur's offense. But I think Nixon in space can make people miss pretty good straight line runner. Um, I don't really have much more to say than other than he's like a veteran guy. He would almost be one of the older dudes at their receiving core, which is crazy to think about. But I think if you put him, you know, in the slot, him, Watson, Romeo Dobbs. Obviously, you see if Jaden Reed can make a plays, then Tavian Nix. But I think it'd just be nice to have another guy that you know is going to get you five yards, 10 yards, instead of having to worry about a guy maybe with suspect hands and two, because he obviously can catch punts, kickoffs. Um, but 26 years old, as I didn't mention, but I will mention. So a little bit older, but I think he could probably make it work. And um, this is not going to take away from his special teams unit at all. He's going to still contribute there. So I'm mm-hmm. almost like, he is, yes, he's a part of that defense and will need to be a part until Eric Stokes comes back healthy. A lot of people think he'll play the dime backer, but I think let's just, know, we got some other guys that can play secondary, uh, especially at that cornerback position. And why not throw Keyshawn Nixon, the other side of the ball and number 25, it looks good on the Packers offense as we've known over the years, Ryan Grant, Dorsey Levins, uh, as a so pass catcher, that, interesting. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, as offensive player, not as a pass catcher, not, definitely not as a It'll pass throw catcher. Throw defenses fully. off, though, for sure. Absolutely. So that's kind of where I'm at. There was other people on my list uh, for. I would say it was a lot easier, and I'll, I won't take any of the names you have, but I think it was almost easier to go from defense to offense than it was from offense to defense, or maybe not. I mean, there's more people on defense, but certain body types on offense really don't fit that well unless you're picking an offensive lineman to play defense, which seems really lazy i hope you didn't do that but who was no, your no. pick to go from defense I was thinking the same thing where it's like to take a guy yep. in the trenches and just flip him to the other side of the line was not the game that i wanted to play you got to get a little no. bit more creative than that i agree i agree so who's your player going from you already picked obviously quay walker going from inside backer to tight end dynamic player could play there but we needed an offensive player you know to go play defense maybe secondary maybe the dime backer that could fill Keisha nixon's hole yeah, well, I mean, now that you you have added a wide receiver to our offense, uh, you actually spoke a lot about the next guy that I was going to pick, and I was kind of getting a little worried, but I picked Toure, um, okay. and I was going to move him to safety. Okay. And I know, you know, 
we think about, I mean, George is always on my mind and he went from safety to wide receiver. So I was like, well, why can't a wide receiver go to safety? So it just kind of made sense again, looking a lot at body size and stuff. He's maybe a little bit underweight um, for what you might want in a safety, but I mean, Mm -hmm. he's got like a 34 and a half inch vertical, at least combine numbers. I'm assuming that he's gotten um, even better just being in the NFL for a couple years now. And then, you know, he's got really, really good speed. 4.43 was his um, combine time again. So, you know, he's 6'1", 190-ish. He could probably put on maybe 10-ish pounds and then he'd kind of be more in that average weight for a safety. But I just think that, um, you know, as a wide receiver, he kind of would kind of know how to pick up on things. And I do think, you know, you kind of mentioned maybe it's easier to go from offense to defense or defense to offense. And the hardest part for me with taking a receiver and putting them at safety was they go from kind of knowing the play to having to pick up on the play. Um, But being the safety, he's playing a little bit off the line. He's not necessarily shadowing a guy at the line. So maybe that makes it a little bit easier on the transition for him. Um, But yeah, I just think that, he giving, you know, having a little bit of room too, but being a receiver, switching, having a little bit of room off the line, he could, um, you know, pick up on those coverages. He's got a lot of speed. Uh, like I said, his vertical, his height, everything that you could need. And obviously um, there's a little bit of absence in that position. You know, Amos has moved on to the Green Bay Jets. Um, so, you know, just another role that I felt could be filled. And you've kind of mentioned, I mean, now that players have maybe moved on and stuff, Toure could have more of a role at this wide receiver group. But I also do think that it can be a little bit hard for guys like him to get a lot of reps there. So I was like, well, why don't we just give him more opportunity on the defense here and see what we can do with it? So it was just kind of like a fun little transition for me, um, just given that I know players have moved from that safety position to the wide receiver position. So I just kind of played around with moving one back and then, you know, it's a scenario we'll never get to see, but it was definitely fun to play around with. Definitely. I think out of the t- out of the four position groups that we've moved someone into, I would say that the safety is probably the, you know, the one that's got the most question marks for most fans right now. And people have been following the team. You mentioned Adrian Amos going to New York. Obviously, Darnell Savage. We're not sure what's going on with him. Um, I think there's an argument to be maybe a bit outside linebacker before the draft. But now that they've really, I would say, have added some more pieces there. You talk about just guys on the edge, right? They don't have to specifically be outside backers, but guys that can play on the edge, I think are important. So safety definitely needs a guy. I think there's a couple maybe receivers you could have picked, but Hey, if you have faith in Jaden Reed or Dentavian Wicks or Grant Dubois, like let them try to play receiver. Maybe Samari Toure isn't getting as much hype as he should since um, OTAs. We'll see what happens when training camp starts in less than a month, but at the end of the day, I don't think it's a terrible pick. Six one, about a buck ninety. You said a little bit undersized. I think they're. I don't disagree, but I think the height maybe gets advantage. You can play a little bit of free safety. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be like a strong safety up in the box. But if you're going to move, I'm even looking through the rest of the roster. If you're going to move another guy from his current receiver spot, maybe it's like Jeff Cotton. I'm just looking straight off of just <laughs> size. But like outside of that, I think Samari Turi wouldn't be a, a bad one because we've seen him be dynamic, right? He was pretty yeah. dynamic when he was in Nebraska. I think he could probably do the same thing. And no, they I, need they need. Yeah, I think you could you could trust his speed too to kind of be that last line of defense. So absolutely, I think he's, you know, he's got enough of a body to make a tackle and the speed to be able to get to somebody if need be. 
So we'll see what happens. Uh, more than likely, this doesn't ever occur and is a ridiculous uh, scenario. But I think we did this once last year, and it's always fun to just to kind of go in and look at different players who could be in different positions. I want to say we drafted like between you, myself, and Eli, we drafted almost like three players to each position. So we had a quarterback, a receiver, and maybe an offensive lineman or a running back or something like that. So like it seemed a little bit more difficult this year, maybe because it was only only to pick one on either side of the ball. But nonetheless, uh, Packers do have versatile guys, and I will round it up by saying, you know, I think it's important to have versatile players on the team. I think it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek that they would do this from offense to defense, but you look at the way the Packers have acquired offensive linemen, and they can play multiple positions, right? Almost every mm-hmm. player that has come on, and I feel like I've talked about this at nauseum for years and years and years doing uh, streams, podcasts, tweeting, whatever it may be, is just – they consistently get guys that play in the trenches. I would say either side of the ball that can play multiple positions and why not let that translate over to some skill positions like we mentioned. So, you know, it is, as we wrap up here, it is the 4th of July weekend for some of us. I hope everyone that's listening to this, uh, listen to that with whatever they're doing, whether it be, you know, Saturday morning, getting ready for a big weekend, you know, maybe Saturday, Saturday afternoon, Sunday, Saturday night. Maybe you took a little time to get away and you're catching up on this on 4th of July or as you're getting into your, your, your holiday extravaganza. But um, if you didn't listen to this episode because you're out enjoying yourself on 4th of July weekend, probably didn't miss much, but we appreciate you guys following along listening. Like I said, I already plugged it once or twice, but if you haven't checked out the YouTube side of pack a day podcast that Andy Herman's putting out, please go ahead and do so. He has fully made the plunge into full-time content creation. I don't think I was able to plug that last week because he didn't have an episode and the week before, I think he just announced it the following days or two. So um, if you have yet to support Andy Herman, some capacity, or you have, and maybe you could do that a little bit more, go ahead and reach out to him. Follow on the YouTube side, subscribe there, follow his work on Twitter. And without him, we wouldn't have this platform that Janelle and I have been able to do since the inauguration of the Packaday podcast. And I think we're just going over 1,800 episodes on Friday, Janelle. So this is episode 1801, incredible journey we have made. And of course, if you haven't followed Packaday podcast on Twitter, that's where you can find basically all the content we put out. And in one consistent feed where anything that's related to the Packaday podcast or any of the content creators, co-hosts, um, you can find everything there. For myself, you can still find me on Twitter at Matt underscore Frey underscore. Um, ultimately, I am just trying to find stuff to bide my time during this offseason. So like I've mentioned a couple times, diving into some fantasy football stuff, looking at some dynasty draft that I'm in. But really, I'm just kind of waiting, biding my time until I guess the owner's meeting in a couple weeks and then training camp that will coincide with that. So I'm getting a little antsy here, Janelle, not going to lie. It's like we have like a, a full month of the dead zone, as we like to say, or Jacob Westendorf has like to say in the past. We're fully in the dead zone. Hopefully we get some news recently. It was nice to see that Luke Musgrave sign, but really that's all we've kind of gotten. And that's good. I would say no news right now is good news because you look at any news that's came out of other, um, I would say facilities has been suspensions, gambling related, players getting cut, teams wanting their team to sign a player nothing really good has any of the news that has came out recently has been anything trade rumors, et cetera. So I would say no news is good news, but if any of the news does break, you can always catch it on pack a day podcast on the YouTube or podcast side. Janelle, where can everyone find your content and what are you doing these days to bide your time? NHL is done. Softball coaching is done. What the hell are you doing right now? I know. Yeah. You can find me on big Mac underscore four, just kind of, you know, a little bit more absent from Twitter, just kind of focusing on myself right now. Obviously, got some stuff I'm dealing with, so 
just kind of taking time to do that. And um, yeah, I mean, anything that comes to my mind, that's where you can find it on my Twitter. Uh, you mentioned, you know, Packers have been fortunate to not really have any bad news going on right now. So I just wanted to shout out one of Packer Nation's own, Tom Grassi, who finished Good up call. his his 30 and 30. Um, it's been so fun to watch someone like that do something so good for the world and also, you know, get that good karma coming back to him. So shout out to Tom Grassi. He's a phenomenal person. He's always taking care of everybody. So for him to be able to get those opportunities that he's been getting, it's been a lot of fun. And that's kind of been, you know, the big focus for a lot of us Packers fans in our downtime here. We haven't had a lot to really watch, but it's been fun to watch Tom really go out there and just put so much good into the football world. And I think we need more of that. So congrats to him on wrapping that up. And um, I'm assuming the link is still open for St. Jude. Feel free to go donate to that. But yeah, I mean, that's been, that's been the most fun that I've been having this off season is just watching his journey for sure. Hell yeah. Uh, shame on me for not bringing that up. I don't think I've brought that up on the last couple episodes too, but Truly, when you look at like what Tom did and a, a great guy, I've wanted to support him since, honestly, I think the first time I ever saw Tom come across my feed maybe may have been on a YouTube algorithm where, or Twitter even, it was just candidly put, similar to what Andy Herman did, but a little bit more of a dynamic fashion, just I quit my full-time job. And he kind of went and do a video about why he did that and what things were going on. And um, you look at where he's come from now, and he had a great platform then. But when he announced this, I was like, man, I am, this is a month ago, right? And I'm just like, wow, I'm, I'm tired for you already. And I, you know, this, this goes to me probably not knowing Tom enough. I'm like, maybe he bit off more than he can chew, right? This seems like exhausting, not only doing this, but logistically, right? Like things are going to happen. And he had the tons of those that seemed like along the way, but people stepped up, he pivoted, uh, basically sacrificed sleep and probably some monetary investment. But I, uh, you know, Kudos to, kudos to uh, Tom basically exceeded my expectations. I was like, if he completes it, it's great. But the people that he was reached out to by, he gets on the Pat McAfee show. He gets on the Rich Eisen show. He does an NFL network hit yesterday uh, being, was that Wednesday? Like, it's just, it's incredible. Um, St. Jude finally reached out to him. He, it's just, it's just amazing what Tom has done. And you're right. I'm glad you brought that up because that's been kind of the main thing that took us over. And it just seems like a week ago, two weeks ago, that he put out the video with uh, Wes Hodkowitz at Lambeau Field and just did all that. And it's just been a blur since then. But when you do it every single freaking day for 30 days in a row, it's bound to be that. And us not thinking about it probably for a few days in a row is, other than just seeing it on Twitter, is it's crazy. So I hope Tom is resting at some point. But if you have yet to go support, like Janelle said, go check out Tom Grassi at Tom Grassi Comedy on Twitter. The St. Jude link you'll find there somewhere. Somewhere, Otherwise, go follow him and subscribe to him on YouTube because I think he's well over half a million followers and probably will hit a million by the end of the season, I would guess, especially with just some of the success he's had recently. So go check out Tom Grassi Comedy and uh, good call, Janelle. But for Janelle Mackey, I am Matt Freilich. You guys take care. Be well. Be safe over the holiday weekend. We'll hear, you'll hear from us next week. Hopefully, we'll have something to break down. And as always, go, go Pack Go!
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com 